Siam's beaches have unusual names. Over time, they have become known by the industry or the activity that took place above or on them. The beach below is affectionately named Glass Beach. It is one of the best places in the UK to collect sea glass, giving up pieces that are decades or even centuries old. To the north is the port city of Sunderland and home to the National Glass Centre. The Venerable Bede, 7th century Sunderland-born monk and scholar, writes in his Historia Abeta Muctoria Bieda, a two-volume history of the abbots of Wearmouth and Jarrow, an account of Benedict Biscop, the founding abbot, who sent messengers to Gaul to fetch glaziers, craftsmen who were at this time unknown in Britain, that they might glaze the windows of his church, choir and refectory. This was done, and they came, and they not only finished the work required, but from this caused the English to know and learn their handicraft. Bede is describing the beginning of stained glass production in Britain. 7th century fragments remain in a window at St Paul's Church, Jarrow, with an inclusion in the project A History of the North East in a Hundred Objects. By the 17th century, Sunderland and Newcastle dominated glassmaking in England. In 1853, John Candlish established glass bottle works at Seaham, with a distinctive brick tower dominating the skyline. A few decades later, what would become Hartley Wood Glassmakers in Sunderland was established. Seaham glass bottles were a variety of colours and exported worldwide, and Hartley Wood stained glass has been used in buildings such as Durham Cathedral, St Paul's Cathedral, Westminster Abbey and the Houses of Parliament. Neither glass factory exists today, but the industry and its legacy is celebrated at the National Glass Centre. At the end of the day, it was common practice to dispose of broken pieces and waste glass into the sea, hence the phenomenon of sea glass. Poets Phoebe Power and Katrina Porteous spent time in Seaham and the Durham Heritage Coast in 2019 as part of a residency commissioned for Durham Book Festival by New Writing North and the National Trust. A sequence by Phoebe Power, Once More the Sea, reflects conversations she had with local groups and residents. This extract illustrates how addictive collecting sea glass can be, and also celebrates another recycled treasure of the sea, driftwood. Leslie shows me her driftwood sculptures, cupboards of them, under the bed and piled up in the garage. Village scenes and abstract arrangements, model boats with sails, a little bird. She uses the C-shaped contours as she finds them, emphasised with a rusty lock nailed in, for example, or a stretch of net or wire. On the workbench is a jar of sea glass, like blue opals, ready to fill in skies or windows, dot a creature's eye. I'm not allowed to collect any more, she says, not till I've got through this. Heaps of scavenged pieces stowed in sacks, ready to be worked. Haven't got space for it all, but I can't stop. Recycling and repurposing can contribute to reducing carbon emissions, creating a circular economy for plastic, ensuring it never becomes waste or pollution is paramount. Wilma Callum is Head of Oceans for Greenpeace UK. Greenpeace describes itself as a movement of people who are passionate about defending the natural world from destruction. Wilma Cullum has written a book called How to Give Up Plastic. In it, he states, It is not that this material, 
cheap, flexible, and in many instances life-saving when it comes to medical uses, is inherently bad. Rather, that we have developed a throwaway culture around single use that is not healthy for society or for the oceans. And if the plastic crisis in our seas has any silver lining at all, it may be that it provides the catalyst to snap us out of this destructive pattern. How to give up plastic includes some sobering facts. 90% of seabirds have plastic in their stomach. 80% of the plastic in the ocean originates on land. One rubbish truck of plastic enters the ocean every minute. The book was published in 2018, and it's most likely these statistics have worsened since then. The walk turns inland, passing St Mary's Church along Church Lane, arriving at Seam Hall. Take time to look at the church on your way. It is Anglo-Saxon in origin. 